Hey, everybody, you're listening to A New Beginning, which is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. If this program has impacted you, I'd love to hear from you. So just send an email to me at greg at harvest.org. Again, it's greg at harvest.org. You can learn more about becoming a Harvest Partner by going to harvest.org. Coming up today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie speaks with Bible scholar Don Stewart about matters of the end times. Well, Don, the rapture. Yeah. Sometimes it's scary. Oh, Jesus is coming. So if I'm a Christian, do I have to be afraid of these things? No, it's called our blessed hope in Titus 2.13. We're not afraid of it. We're looking forward to the coming of the Lord. It is a realistic hope, a blessed hope, and it's something to be very excited about, particularly, Greg, when we're seeing all these signs right now. That's right. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. The Bible even tells us that none of us knows the day or the hour. But it also advises us to be ready. It'll come suddenly and could happen when we least expect it. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie welcomes Bible scholar Don Stewart for a revealing discussion of what the Bible says about God's end times plan. Although we don't know the day or the hour of the rapture, there's so much we do know. And we'll talk about that today. Jesus is coming. The Bible talks about this. People being caught up into the presence of the Lord. But we don't hear this as much as we used to. And I want to talk to Don Stewart about this a little bit tonight. But you hear it like as young people. Like Jesus could come at any time. And Bible prophecies are being fulfilled. Do you hear this much? Um, No, not really. I mean, I feel like whenever anyone brings up any kind of like religion, yeah. especially like the return of Jesus Christ, yeah. like people like kind of just shun that away yeah. probably more because they're like nervous or scared yeah. about it and they don't want to face that. Yes. I think also sometimes, you know, the people that will sometimes give this message are kind of crazy people, right? That the guy standing there with the end is nearer sign, right? You know, so all oh, these people are nuts or maybe they set dates. Oh, Jesus is coming back at this particular time and nobody knows the day or the hour, of course. But, but I think, you know, for our generation, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there was a big deal to us. And I kind of feel like I'm going to bring this back to your generation and to people today. Like Jesus is coming. And guess what? His coming has never been closer than it is right now. Anybody else have a thought, you guys? I feel like non-believers um, are just not ready to accept the fact that Jesus could come back at any time because they don't want to be responsible for their sin yet. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like, uh, if, they're, if we're running out of time, like that's not good because I want to keep sinning and I want to own up until like the very last second. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, one of the reasons we're uncomfortable with this subject is because it kind of freaks you out a little bit. Like, oh wow, Jesus is coming back because you need to be ready. But that's the whole point. That's one of the reasons why we should teach it because number one, it's biblical. Of course, it's true, which is a part of that. But it does impact you in the way that you live or at least should. So let's all welcome Don Stewart right Thank now. Thank you. Yeah. So Don, when, um, you know, I just found out talking with Don in the back room that we both came to Christ and we both came to Calvary Chapel, I think in the same year. Yeah, pretty much. 1970. 1970. But you still have your hair and I don't. What happened? (laughs) 
It looks good. No, it doesn't. This I is. Know. So, you know, here we uh, both came to the Lord in the middle of this uh, full-blown Jesus revolution, this thing that we, I didn't know it was a revival. Did you? No, Because I was brand I, new to the I, faith. I, me too. I had no idea what was going on. All I knew is, Greg, I needed to be there every night. Yes. Something was happening that you could not explain. Yeah. We would actually wait at the door. We would line up a half hour before the doors of the church opened yeah. to get in because right. the place would be filled right away right. because God was doing something, yeah. something wonderful. What are some of the things you remember of that time, Don, like, you know, maybe in the worship, maybe in the messages, maybe in just the overall atmosphere? What, what kind of do you remember? You know, the thing that got me the most, Greg, was the yeah. excitement that was there, that the yeah. people actually believed what was being taught yes. and their lives were being changed every night. We see yeah. people come to Christ. That's right. And we saw lives, you know, that were hopeless right. now became with hope yeah. and just watching the Lord work and just being part of that and yeah. realizing it was something supernatural and that's, that's something that you know really hit me something's going on yeah. that I've never seen before yeah and only God can do that totally. and we, we pray it will happen again but you know so I've said before if you want to see a revival do revival like things you're exactly. coming back to marriage you know if you want a strong marriage I think you be romantic you don't wait to feel romantic just do those things and I think in the same way, well, let, let, so we sought to kind of recreate a little of the sense of it, but I, I know a big deal, and this is what I want to talk to you about, a big deal at that time was the teaching that Christ could come back any moment. The number one book of the entire decade of the 70s was The Late the Great, Great Planet, Planet Earth, Earth by, Hal Lindsay. by Hal Lindsay, which was a book about the end times. Why did we believe that back then? Why, why was that such a big thing, and what impact do you think it had? Well, we believed it because it struck a chord in our hearts, Greg. Things were happening in the world. This yeah. is the 60s. We had all the revolution, sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll, the yeah. Beatles, that, transcendental meditation. Yeah. It didn't work. We tried no. everything. It right. didn't work. Then someone told a simple message about Jesus yeah. and Christ coming back and that he is alive. I'd never heard that before right. my entire life. That there, I'd never heard anybody say praise the Lord my right. entire life. I never went to a church where people believe what was being taught my entire That's life. Right. And I got there and I found this is it. You know, the night I came to Christ, Greg, I came in, I sat in the audience, and about halfway through, I just looked up and said, God, whatever these guys want, I want to have. Wow. And I knew I was going to be doing that. That was March of 1970, doing that the rest of my life. And I have been, what's almost 49 years now. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Don, um, the rapture. Yeah. It was taught a lot back then. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was things we still talk about today, but everything is moved forward dramatically. Of course, you know, May 14th, 1948. And as we've talked about before, Israel, the regathering of the Jewish people is not just a sign of the times. It's a super sign. Super sign. And we were relatively close to it back then. And then there was uh, various wars that Israel had the the War of Independence, the 67 war when Correct. they were attacked, the 73 war, also called the Yom Kippur War, right. uh, with the backing of Russia. And wh yep. why did we care about a war fought on Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, uh, that the Egyptians and others came against Israel with the backing of Russia. So what? Uh, because the Bible talks about a war that's going to happen, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's yeah. with those participants in it. Yes. And so when that happened in 73, that was huge because we had been taught 1967, Jerusalem's united. Yeah. The next big war may be the war that Ezekiel yeah. talked about, and we had a lot of the players in that, so we yeah. were very, very thrilled. It was almost like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It showed you how quickly things could fall into place. Totally. And, and my understanding of last day's events are sort of like dominoes that are closely stacked together. When the first one falls, they're going to start falling in rapid succession. Exactly. And so we're waiting for the big domino, and, and it seems in the prophetic calendar, the next 
event that could happen. We talk about emergence of Antichrist or the attack against Israel who's regathered in their land or the rapture. What do you think would be the next event uh, potentially? Uh, the next one, the dead in Christ rise first. Then yeah. the rapture of the church. that happen right. almost simultaneously yeah, according right. to scripture. But uh, there's other things that could happen. Yeah. They don't have to happen, Greg. Right. Yeah, Christ could come back tonight. That's you know? right. We don't know. So here, now you mentioned how many years it's been. So here we are today there have been so many things that have happened, not only in the decades since, but in this decade. Incredible. And the last even five years. Things that are, so tell us some things that are happening right now for someone that maybe is listening and saying, well, I don't know. I've heard this whole thing about Jesus is coming forever. And I think my mom believed it. My grandmother believed it. And her mother believed it. But tell them why this is a more relevant teaching than ever. Well, it's more relevant in a number of ways. Number one, the stage is set so precise, so well, it is literally mind-boggling. For example, in the 38th and 39th chapter of Ezekiel, it talks about a last day's battle. When you read through the chapters, there are 10 specific things that are said the world would be like in the last days. Now, this is 2,500 years ago that's written. So you go and read those chapters. Israel will come back to its ancient homeland. They'll come back to a land that's been made desolate, that they will make into great wealth, which will cause this invasion to come. There are 10 specific things in those chapters the Bible says will happen before this invasion. Every single one of them has already happened right now. In other words, miraculously fulfilled. So you've got that number one. The players, number two. In 1973, when we were there, Greg, with the Yom Kippur War, Iran was Israel's best friend. But as our pastor Chuck taught us, they're going to become Israel's worst enemy someday. How can that be? You know, they're the best friend of America. Well, you had the Iranian Revolution in 79, the Shah was deposed, and now they're the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the entire world. Yeah, let's shift gears over to the explosion of technology yep. uh, with the emergence of the smartphone. I mean, uh, let's just take one particular prophecy in particular. In the book of Revelation, after Antichrist is revealed, the Bible talks about how the Lord raises up two prophets. Correct. Uh, and we don't know who they are, Moses and Elijah maybe, we don't know. But they, And the prophets are killed by the Antichrist right. and they're laying dead in the street of Jerusalem and the Bible says all the world will see them. Now back in the day, we had satellite technology, right. But now literally all the world could see them because we reach in our pocket and pull out that little smartphone and we can all watch something stream simultaneously. This is a fairly recent development. Yeah, and it assumes that's the case because all the world will not only see them, there'll be a three days when the whole world will rejoice over right. their death. Now how in the world could the word get out all over the world in three days, you know, 2,000 years yeah. ago? Or even 100 years ago, That's even true. 50 years ago. Now we see it in real time, right? Yeah. So that assumes a worldwide technology where in real time people can be seen. And how it happens? Well, we know now because of the technology. Right. Interesting. I was reading these Bible commentators 100 years ago. Yeah. It was fascinating. They said, one guy said, I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't imagine, but I don't want to twist God's word. Someday, somehow, this will come to pass. He never saw it. We did. Wow. We live in that age right now. Wow. Okay, so... This is all very exciting, but it, like I was talking with some of these young kids up here, but sometimes it's scary. Oh, yeah, Jesus yeah. is coming. Antichrist is coming. So, I mean, if I'm a Christian, do I have to be afraid of these things? No, it's called our blessed hope in Titus 2.13. We're not afraid of it. We're looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Now, let's face it. The world which we live in, it's getting worse and worse all the time. I think we can all acknowledge that. Yeah. Won't it be great when there's no more sin, no more death, no more tears, no more dying? That's what it's all about. And that's something to look forward to. It's a wonderful time. And so as believers, we have a fabulous hope. 
whether we see it in our lifetime or whether we go to meet the Lord, we're going to be there in his presence. It is a realistic hope, a blessed hope, and it's something to be very excited about, particularly, Greg, when we're seeing all these signs right now. Pastor Greg Laurie and his guest, Don Stewart, will have more of this presentation in just a moment. We love hearing when Pastor Greg's teachings touch individuals and families. Hi, Pastor Greg. I want to let you know that I was saved at your Harvest Crusade last year, along with my husband and my daughter. After hearing your recent message on anxiety, my friend also accepted Jesus. Thank you for your continued commitment to the Lord, and may God continue to use you to bring more people to Him. We're so grateful to hear of the changed lives through Harvest Ministries. And if you have a story to tell of how these studies have touched your life or that of a family member, I hope you'll contact us today. Email Pastor Greg, greg at harvest.org. That's greg at harvest.org. Well, today, Pastor Greg is joined by author and Bible scholar Don Stewart. They're talking about the questions many have about the end times. Let's continue. The rapture. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned this last week. You know, critics of the rapture say, well, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. Actually, you can. You First can. Thessalonians 4.17, it's there. Yeah. yeah. But it's... Uh, it's in Latin. Yes, it's in Latin. Rapturus, yeah, is well, that how you... Rapere is the verb. And uh, yeah, rapio is the, you know, first singular. And it's harpazo? Harpazo is Greek. Harpazo yeah, is Greek. Rapeo he is reads Latin. Greek. So I always ask him, is that, yeah. am I pronouncing it right? You got it right. So tell us about the harpazo. Tell us about the rapture. What is it? How long does it take? Could it happen at any moment? What will it be like when it happens? Yeah, there are three passages that teach this. John 14, 1 to 3, Jesus alluded to it on the night of his betrayal. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, I didn't develop that. It's developed by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 58, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. And basically what he says is this. There'll come a time when the dead in Christ will rise first. All right, those who have died in Christ will rise. They will receive their glorified body at that time. Right now they're in the presence of the Lord, but in non-bodily form. They will rise, and as they rise in, uh, from the dead, we who are alive will be caught up. This is the word harpazo, repari. That's the rapture. We made a noun out of it. The rapture will be caught up. As we're caught up, we're transformed from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible. First Corinthians 15 tells that. And so not everyone will sleep in death. There will be people, a generation, that will see the coming of the Lord face to face. So as quick as you can blink or snap your fingers, you're gone. Just like the song, I wish we'd all been ready, you know. One, one second you're there, the next second you're not. That is what the Lord promises, and it's going to happen sometime. You guys, do you have any questions you get in this? Is this making sense to you guys? Yeah, so it's very simple, very straightforward teaching. Why is it important to believe that the rapture could come in our lifetime? Because, you know, it's fallen out of fashion with some, and some don't teach it at all anymore. Why does it matter? Well, it's really important because it gives us something to look forward to, to hope. Because, you know, we can live with a lot of things. But I'll tell you what we can't live without, and that's hope. Yeah, You've that's right. got to have hope to keep you going. And this is yes. a realistic hope. Like, again, it's called a blessed hope. A blessed hope. And so we need that. But it's true. It's, you know, you know, sometimes, Greg, you read something, you hear, this is too good to be true. No, this is true. Yeah. It is actually true. Someday we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Those of us who are alive, those who have passed, will go to be with the Lord, uh, with their, well, their bodies and spirits will join, and there'll be one great reunion. And what First Thessalonians 4.18 says, 
comfort one another with these words because someday there'll be that great reunion in heaven where those that have gone before us we'll see them again well there's it's never the word goodbye is not in the christian vocabulary for believers in christ let's just see you later because we're going to see each other we're going to see our loved ones someday again face to face with the lord that's very true thank you so much don um how does a person know that they're ready for the rapture or and for that matter just ready if life were to end if they were to die how can you know I'm ready to meet God no matter what happens today or yeah, tonight? Re- real simple. The Bible gives us the answers to the three basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's going to happen to me after yeah. I die? We can know that we have eternal life. First John chapter 5, verse 12 says, The one that has the Son of God has life. The one that does not have the Son of God does not have life. But then verse 13 of chapter 5 says this, I've written these things that you might know that you have eternal life if you believed on the name of the only begotten Son. So all of us tonight can know by faith we have eternal life if we have believed in Jesus. And you know, Greg, it's a real simple thing to do. I'm, you know, that night for me at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa in March 1970, I just yeah. said, I want it, you know, and that was yes. it. You know, God, it's like the thief on the, on the cross says, yeah. remember me. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much the words, it's just God reads our heart, right? Sorry. We say, that's why when I give the sinner's prayer, I, I, I tell people to repeat these words, Lord, I want to believe in you and trust you the best way that I know how. Yeah, that's right. You know, just the best way I can yeah. do it. And God, God honors that. That's right. That's right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this hope we have, this blessed hope that one day everyone will be there that has put their faith in you. We're so thankful for that. The family of God over generations will all be united. We ask you to speak to us as we open your word now. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn with me over to the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter. You know, many years ago, over legal documents and especially financial documents, they used to write these words, memento mori. And memento mori means think of death. It was not there in a morbid way, but there as a reminder like, hey, you may have a lot of money in the bank, but memento mori. Think of death. And I think in the same way, we should just remind ourselves, yeah, it's great, whatever you have going on in life, but make sure you're living pure before him. The Bible says, he that has this hope, that is the hope of the Lord's return, purifies himself even as he is pure. So I think a lot of times we, we will study these events, like the rapture and the tribulation period, and talk about Armageddon and the Antichrist, but it won't affect us. And if it doesn't affect you in the way that you've lived, man, you've missed the point. Heard a story about an old man that was walking along and suddenly he heard a voice say to him, Pick me up and kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. He's looking around. Who said that? He thought I'm imagining things. He walks a little bit further. He hears it again. Pick me up and kiss me. I'll become a beautiful princess. He looks again. He sees a frog. And for the third time, this is a true story. For the third time, (laughs) the frog says, pick me up and kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. And he reached down and he picked up the frog, looked at it for a moment, tucked it in his pocket and kept walking. The frog said, didn't you hear what I said? I said, kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. He said, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. (laughs) Talk about missing the point, right? And so that is how it can be. So we don't want to miss the point. It's interesting to talk about these things like Don and I just did. But how does this affect you? 
Jesus gives us the answer in Luke 12. This is our Lord telling us how we are to live in light of his imminent return. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them and put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he'll reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, Jesus is coming. So we need to be ready to go. Are you ready for the Lord's return? A salient question from Pastor Greg Laurie. That's the point of studying Bible prophecy, to help us be ready for the soon return of the Lord. And there's more to come from Pastor Greg's presentation called Things to Do Before the End of the World with Don Stewart. In the new movie, Jesus Revolution, Pastor Greg points out how the time is right for another great spiritual awakening, like we saw during the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s. The tension and chaos of the culture was so similar to what we see today. The Vietnam War was still raging. Young men were coming back in body bags. There were riots in the streets. Uh, The country seemed to be coming apart at the scene. The time was right for a change. The time was right for the Jesus movement. There's two Time magazine covers that sum it up. I believe it was 1967 when Time magazine did a cover. It was black background with red type reversed out asking the question, is God dead? Very ominous. And then just a few years later, Time Magazine, 1971, this sort of psychedelic image of Jesus on the cover with the statement, the Jesus Revolution. What a difference a few years made. What a difference a revival made. I think understanding the backdrop of the time helps you to understand the powerful move that took place. Well, Pastor Greg, you pointed out that your dream for this new feature film, Jesus Revolution, is that it would lay the groundwork for the next spiritual awakening. Yeah. We need it, and the time is right for it. Yeah. You would say the conditions are similar now to the time of the Jesus movement, right? Yes, I would. Very similar. In fact, I can't think of any two decades that are more alike than the late 60s, early 70s, and this moment in American history. Certainly, I wouldn't say that of the 80s, the 90s, or even the early 2000s, but right now, it's so parallel. It's even kind of interesting how certain drugs have made a comeback. Weed is so widespread, marijuana. More people smoke marijuana today than cigarettes, and LSD has made a comeback, and these are bad things, by the way, and and those are drugs that my generation experimented with, myself included, searching for answers, and of course, not finding them, but then just the the divide between generations, the the racial division, which was very strong in the late 60s, uh, just the general chaos. So many things are similar. And 
we had a revolution, but it wasn't a political revolution. It wasn't a moral revolution. It was a Jesus revolution. Now, interestingly, we did not call it that. We called it the Jesus movement, but it was Time magazine that dubbed it Jesus revolution. And I think Time saw something that we may not have seen. It was a revolution. The word revolution means an upheaval, you know, and it's where things are changed dramatically. But revolution also means going in a complete circle, right? So it was like a returning back to what I believe was New Testament Christianity. And so when I became a Christian in 1970 at the age of 17, I did not know I was in a spiritual awakening. I just went to this church called Calvary Chapel. It was alive. It was overflowing with people of all ages. Uh, God was at work, and I'd walked right into the middle of a bona fide spiritual awakening. And I had a front row seat and I saw spiritual things happen. I saw the birth of what we call contemporary Christian music now. Back then we called it Jesus music. Um, I saw the birth of of modern praise and worship and a whole new approach to doing church that all is rooted back in those days. And so, wow, I look back and I thank God I was able to be there And now other people can see what it was like. When you watch this film, Jesus Revolution, you're going to feel in many ways like you're going back in time. And that was our hope. As I spoke with the director, John Irwin, you know, I had vivid memories of details. You know, I'm a designer. You know, before I was a preacher, I was an artist. And and so I remember, I noticed things. I noticed colors and textures and other things. So I gave him as much detail as I could. And I tell you, he captured lightning in a bottle. There are scenes in this film where you feel like you're there experiencing it for yourself. It's very interesting when older people watch this movie, it's sort of a flashback to use a 60s term. They remember like when my character Greg is baptized. Uh, I think I see people get tears in their eyes. They're reflecting back on their own conversion. But when young people watch it, it's an entirely different experience. It's almost as though they're experiencing it themselves now in real time. So I think this movie is going to reach people of all ages. And I'm hoping that young people are impacted. And I'm hoping that they'll see it and say, we want this to happen in our generation. We want our own Jesus movement. And in this film, played a role in that, we would be so excited. You know, it's been said, the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. Mm -hmm. So this is a revival story. And our hope and prayer is that it's not just a film, but that it creates a movement, that it moves people toward God and inspires a generation of younger people to pray for their own Jesus Revolution. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's something we can all use as a tool to help bring friends and loved ones face-to-face with the hope of the gospel. We hope you'll plan to see Jesus Revolution when it premieres February 24th. It has the gospel message built right in. And by the way, there will be a special national preview showing February 22nd. That's two days earlier. It'll feature some bonus content, including an easy-to-understand presentation of the gospel by Pastor Greg. To get tickets to this special preview February 22nd, go to JesusRevolution.movie. Now, that's .movie, not .com. Again, JesusRevolution.movie. We hope you'll pray that God uses this as an instrument to bring many people to Him. And we hope you'll partner with us to keep spreading the good news in creative ways such as this. 
If you can invest in this work right now, we'd like to send you Pastor Greg's book called Jesus Revolution. Read it before you see the film. It obviously goes into much more detail. And it would be our privilege to send this to you to thank you for your donation. So call us anytime at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org. And one other thing, if we may. You may be familiar with Second Chronicles 7.14, which says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Well, Pastor Greg is asking us all to follow that biblical direction, to humble ourselves and pray each day for revival in the church and a spiritual awakening in the culture. It's our 714 campaign. Would you pray with us each day at 714? At 14 minutes after 7, we're all praying for revival and praying that the movie Jesus Revolution would help light the fire. Thanks for joining us in that. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings us more insight on being ready for the Lord's return. We'll see a biblical picture of those who are ready and those who aren't. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Sign up for daily devotions and learn how to become a Harvest Partner at harvest.org.